You're listening to How To 20-something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-something. Before we get into today's episode, I do want to give a little public service announcement. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard me say it then, you're going to hear me say it right now, and you're going to hear me say it one more time next week, and it's that I have changed the title of my workshop that was once Love It or Leave It to From Doubt to Decision. So you're going to hear me reference this workshop during today's episode, and I just want to let you know that it is no longer that title, but it is still the same concept. I am still helping you go from a place of indecisiveness to actually making a choice and what those next steps of taking action and following through looks like. Really think you should join me on this call. It is my very first Zoom call since this podcast has been released and I'm really excited to get some of my listeners that maybe haven't been to a workshop that I've offered onto a live call with me. It is a wonderful experience. It's interactive and you're not going to feel like you're getting lectured. So please join me. You'll see the link in the show notes and I'll let you get back to the show. Hello, hello everyone and welcome back to How To 20 Something. Today I will be bringing on my first guest in the history of this podcast. You see, when I first envisioned the creation of How To 20 Something two years ago, I knew I had a lot of value and expertise to offer. But I also knew that to benefit you all as my listeners, I should bring in other people who can talk on some subjects that I bring up, whether they are another young professional and can touch on a personal experience or more of an expert in an area of life than I am. Last week, I gave you the coaching version of how to make friends in your 20s. And today, I am bringing on Courtney to share some of her story as to how she made friends when moving to a new city right out of college where she didn't really know anyone. And if you want to be a guest on this podcast because you believe you have a story that is relatable to others, or if you have a topic you want me to talk about, or a question you want me to answer on the show, go ahead and head over to the show notes where you can see all the links that you may need. Also, I want to remind you guys that on July 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'll be doing a live free workshop called Love It or Leave It, where I will help you let go of what your brain is telling you and follow what your heart is telling you in regards to a certain decision or situation in your life. Together, we will determine if you should change your current circumstance so that you do love what's going on, or if it's time to leave it. And this can be in regards to anything from location, to job, to relationships, to living quarters, and everything in between. And you can sign up using the link in the show notes or go to justdiamondcoaching.com forward slash decision making. Again, It's completely free and on Zoom with a replay being sent out right after in case you can't make it live, but this is your first opportunity to be in a Zoom room live with me and see what working with a coach is like. And now I am so excited to bring on a dear friend of mine, Courtney. I met Courtney through another friend about a month into me living in Charlotte and it was actually by crashing her birthday celebration. 
Courtney is a 24-year-old living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she moved here after graduating from the University of Florida two years ago. She's a three cups of coffee a day person to get her through her career as a night shift nurse. When she's not being a labor and delivery nurse, Courtney likes to work out, travel, and hang out with friends. Courtney has built and grown many friendships within Charlotte and even integrated many of her friends from college and other cities into her family and friend groups. And Courtney is known as one of the best huggers that I have ever met. Hey Jess, thanks for having me here on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. I'm happy you're here. And I want to just start off with asking you right off the bat, was there anything that you did in particular that helped you make friends when you first moved to Charlotte that could be a helpful tactic to the young professionals that are listening? Yes, so I honestly got really lucky when I first moved here, meeting friends fast. I was sitting by the pool one day and met one guy who found out that I went to UF and introduced me to his coworker that went to UF and I joined their friend group. But I did have to initiate the semi-awkward step of starting the conversation with the guy at the pool in the first place. And that is something that was unusual for me. Coming from a place where in college, all of your classmates or sorority sisters are automatic connections for you to make friends. But in the post-college world, going up to people and starting a conversation, and even that first conversation, exchanging numbers, letting them know that you want to connect again, is way more normal. It just takes time to adjust to that and have some confidence to do it for the first time. I've now met so many people who met their friends in similar ways, like going up to them at a bar or at the gym or at the pool also. The culture of the place where you're living in might affect this a little. Charlotte is really a fortunate spot for this culture. I think because it's such a growing city and no one is originally from here, so everyone is down to make friends and it's become a very inclusive environment. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say about a lot of cities, which I know that most young professionals live in or around a city like that. So it's really reassuring to hear from someone else who's not me say that it is possible to make friends. You just have to make that little initiative and take the first step. So tell me, did you create the first set of plans when you exchanged numbers at the pool or did you wait to receive a message first? I honestly was not planning that day on talking to this particular person at the pool. I was going just to suntan, I think, for like an hour or two. And I was with my boyfriend at the time. And we overheard what they were talking about. And somehow our conversations connected. Um, But I've since used this story to tell lots of friends, like, this is a good way to start conversations and start making friends. Um, Friends that have lived in other cities have asked me for advice about how to make friends, and this is a story I tell all the time. Yeah, and at what point after that initial interaction and you guys started hanging out and coordinating plans and lining your schedules up, did you feel like, okay, I have a solid group of friends here? That took a while after that. I didn't end up meeting with the guy from the pool or his coworker that went to UF for a couple weeks later, Um, and then I did join their friend group. But I started becoming close to mostly guys first. And it wasn't until a girl moved here that also worked with them, that is now my best friend and roommate, that I really felt like I started to have people that I was super close to. I think that just comes with time. And after seeing people for a couple of months continuously, you start to build that, like, these are people I could just call spontaneously and talk to. Um... And I needed girlfriends, too. 
before I like fully had that with a friend group. So it definitely took a couple of months. I love that you said it took some time. Like this is not, friends don't happen overnight. It's not like how I said in last week's episode, it's not like kindergarten anymore. We don't just snap our fingers and our immediate best friends is like you have to make the extra effort because you're no longer seeing each other every single day or multiple times a week unless it's by coincidence or you're on the other hand would be you actively making plans to go see them and that that takes some trust that takes some courage and it takes time to build before you're feeling the reciprocation happening on the other end okay moving to the next question I want to ask you How important would you say it is to make friends in this phase of your life compared to previous ones? Oh, insanely important. I can't emphasize that enough. There are a lot of mental adjustments with a new stage in life, and just moving to a new place is one. Even if you've already been out of college for a few years, but if you go to a new city, that's an adjustment too. And you need to connect with people and find those that have common experiences, um, so you get those friends that you can vent about your day and your job and how hard it is to move and you can collectively try and find new people or join new activities and you start making memories with them we're social people or social creatures got to have those connections exactly you as humans you can't just hide out in your room or your apartment for the rest of forever you'll go insane and think we all experienced some form of that during 2020 and realized how inefficient it was and how it affected our mental health just by being cooped up by ourselves. And it's it's good to be alone sometimes, but not all the time. You need those friends. You need the people you can talk to that are outside of like your mom, if you have a really good relationship with your mom or your sister or a best friend from your childhood. Is like those relationships are important too, but they don't know this version of you in this city and who you are now. They know everything about you in your past, but it's it's a very different timeline. Were there any similarities or differences that you can reflect on from making friends in college or even in high school to making friends in this like quote unquote real world? I kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but in college, I think that you make friends based on common experiences a lot, like who was in your classes and had your major because you'd all be studying at the same time together when it was an exam week versus your free weeks or sorority sisters have the same social calendar as you. But now it's people that are all doing different agendas. You have people with a variety of careers, a variety of ages. Um, Post-college, you have to make more of an effort to find friends, I think. Unless you get really lucky by having a bunch of coworkers that also end up being your super fun friend group, and then you might be on a really similar schedule with them. But I know you talked about this a little bit in your last episode. Having coworkers as friends can be great, but sometimes you want to put that boundary between your work life and your your social life. So that doesn't always work out for everyone's situation. Or now we live in a world where most people are remote jobs and you may not have those in-person connection with your coworkers. And it's still important, like you were saying, to have in-person connections, you know, different than family members or friends and... Yeah, I think it is just drastically different from anything that we're ever used to, which is what makes it so much harder. And also, as we get older, we don't like to try new things. We get a lot more fearful about doing new things and with meeting new people. That All, all that fear comes with it and a lot of insecurities start to shine through. 
want to ask you, what is your best strategy for meeting someone new and helping them feel welcome and open to potentially becoming a friend? Like, I know you already give off this wonderful and calming presence, but is there anything that you feel you consistently do to make a new person feel comfortable with you and, like, they can trust you and become a friend of yours? When I'm meeting someone and trying to very much be inclusive or maybe make this friendship, I think that I try to find connections with them, whether that's, you know, oh, you work in a hospital, I work in a hospital, or oh, if they're an engineer, I know engineers, or if they just moved to town, I suggest a gym for them. I think I try and find similarities so that we connect, but also try to find something that I know that then would lead us to connect again. So maybe that's oh, actually come with me to the gym and be my free guest this week. And then that sets up us hanging out for the next time. Or if I'm saying, oh, like I have other engineer friends, we'll all go out to lunch this Thursday. So I try to actually start making plans and an initiative to see this person again. And I think that resonates with them, goes a long way with them, that I actually do want this to be a connection, not just a quick, small talk, We've all had that where people that we meet and we're like, oh, we'll see you again. And we never do. Yeah, I even have to say I'm guilty of not creating plans with people. And I personally chalk that up to being an introvert is like I'm very scared to take that step. And it also comes up with the fear of rejection of knowing that, like I mentioned last week, that person says no you just have to keep trying. Like I take my own advice a lot of times of the things that I try and tell you or what I tell my clients and it does pay off and you do need to remember you want to create definitive plans. It's not just I'll see you around because you know at the end of the day you will see them around if you live in the same area but you're not actually coordinating a time to hang out with each other and to get to know one another better and establish this friendship. And This actually reminds me of when I first met you and you invited me on a girl's trip to Nashville (laughs) to visit some of your high school friends and I went, which looking back is kind of crazy, but I felt an immediate trust in you and it felt very comfortable going and it just goes to show like you're a perfect example of you creating plans with me. Yes, this was a trip to a different state, which required me being like seven hours in a car with you. But it was still you making an effort of like, I like you, I want to hang out with you, you should come on this trip with us. And one thing that's amazing about you is you have a lot of long distance friendships. So while we're mainly talking about making friends in a new city, I mentioned in last week's episode that Barney reminded us to make new friends but keep the old. So is there anything that you found to be effective when it comes to maintaining your long distance friendships during your 20s? And technology and social media make it easier to stay connected but is there anything that you make sure that you do to keep the friendship strong despite the distance I think it has to come from both sides to keep up with my friends that don't live in Charlotte I'm intentional about texting them when I see something that reminds me of them or like I just saw an ad for a company that you work for saw this TikTok with best spots to eat in Atlanta and I'll send it to my friends that live in Atlanta just small things like that that will only be maybe two or three texts back and forth but just lets them know that I'm always thinking about them and it keeps us texting maybe just once a month or once every other month but keeps that conversation that communication open 
Um, and I like to use my longer car rides or days where I'm cleaning all of my apartment to actually pick up the phone and call them. I think it's hard to keep these long friendships if you don't talk a lot because whenever you do talk, it's going to be probably an hour-long conversation and we don't always have time for that. So I try to spend things like car rides or days where I'm taking a long walk or cleaning my house and I know I'll have an hour to talk on the phone. I think my advice to people would be find times when you do like to talk on the phone. For me, it's being in the car. I love to talk to people when I'm in the car. Use that to to talk to them. And I'll even text them in advance like, hey, this Thursday, I'm going to be in the car for five hours between 12 and 5. Can you talk when you get out of work at like 3 or 4? And so that they know to also plan time then. And because everyone's busy and it's not easy to do those conversations, knowing that you and that friend are okay with playing phone tag for a little while sometimes or just texting small updates rather than both being able to do the long phone call all the time um, goes a super long way. Yeah, the tag team is real. I have a friend that lives in LA and she'll call me and I'll be in the middle of something. So I'll call her like four hours later and she'll be in the middle of something. And before you know it, like five days has passed and we're still phone tagging each other. And we're like, okay, this Sunday we will call each other. Just we'll be ready. Uh, And I think like we're just starting to see a pattern with you and how you establish your friendships is you're taking the initiative. You are actively putting action behind your words to maintain people into your life that are important to you and do you ever feel like it doesn't get reciprocated in the same way or if it doesn't like how does that affect the way that you show up in those relationships and those friendships that's a really good question that has happened I saw this with both going from high school to college and then college to graduating You'll find people that you are always reaching out to first or people that maybe some of your recent texts and phone calls have just gone unanswered a lot to. And you'll see who's not ready to put in the work from their side too. And this took me, honestly, this is something I was going to say this took me a long time to get used to. This is something I'm still working on. Being okay with that. That people will sometimes come in and out of your life. And there's not any bad feelings towards these people that we've lost touch from. It just happens. But I can't just be sending texts and, you know, there has to be two people to pick up the phone and have a conversation. So it just happens that you might fall out of touch with each other. And every once in a while, maybe you'll still reach out to them. But it just does happen sometimes that to people lose touch over time and you lose some relationships or they're just not the same as they were honestly you're not living in the same college town anymore where they're a five minute walk away from you the relationship has changed and sometimes that means everything about the relationship changes yeah it's a hard reality to realize I mean you like you go from seeing someone every single day or having them around the corner to potentially being on opposite sides of the country and You do have those types of friendships and relationships where you could go several years. I know I've gone several years without talking to some people. And then the second we pick up a phone call or we see each other, it's like no time has passed at all. And then there's the other end of that where at some point, you know how they say like at some point your mom picks you up and that's the last time she's ever going to pick you up. It's like at some point with some friends, it's the last time you're ever going to talk. And it's not that there was a falling out. It's just 
you grew apart, you got too busy in your own lives. And it serves as just a nice reminder to make that effort and to remind the people that are important to you that they are important to you and to keep kind of like showing up in their lives, even if it's not always getting reciprocated, but it could just be a friendly like, hey, thinking about you text, just to know that they're at the top of your mind. And over time, they'll probably send something similar back. Or if they don't, like know that you did what you could to maintain that relationship. It's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies with different friends that you have throughout different phases of your life and different locations as well. Yeah, you're right. You find what works for you and your friends individually. Like you have those friends where you only talk once every three months and that works for you guys and your childhood best friends and like no time has passed. And then for the ones that don't always reciprocate back a lot of communications, like you were saying, you do know that you did what you could and that's staying true to who you are as someone that wanted to keep in touch and be someone that reached out. But your time gets really precious, you know, and your 20s, you have all these career stuff, you have your finance goals, your fitness goals, it is, you get busy very fast. And you'll learn to spend time investing and people that also give something back to you too. And in like the relationships that matter to you. And those will be the people where things are reciprocated more. Yeah, something that I've done in the past, or I usually have clients do this, is to send an appreciation message to a friend in their life. Just, you're going to feel good sending that message to them. They're going to feel good receiving that message and will probably send you something nice back. And it's just a way to feel connected without having to take a lot of extra time out of your day for a full phone call. But it is playing a part in that thinking of you text. And it's just acknowledging all the things that you appreciate about this person and the value that they hold in your life. And I want to ask, are there any qualities or characteristics that you look for when you're meeting someone new? I know I'm big on people's energies and if I don't like the vibe that someone is putting off, which I know kind of sounds woo-woo, but I think we all know what I'm talking about with that. Basically, if I don't, if I don't like the vibe of someone, I rule them out as a friend really quickly. There's no redeeming is like I don't like your energy I don't like what you're putting out and I don't want that a part of my life so what do you look for when you're meeting like what do you look for in someone new that comes into your life I completely agree I like what you said about it being a vibe it's hard to explain what it is but you can tell I think when talking to people if they're that this is going to be someone that's really interested in seeing you again or not it's them asking questions back, them the body language that they give when you say like, hey, can I get your number and let's meet up again and talk about this. You can tell if they're like, uh, or they're like, yes, oh my gosh. And I am definitely look for people that are inclusive, that are down to try different experiences. And, and honestly, a lot of times a flow in the conversation is a good sign for me too. Like, like it just, it feels natural somewhere. Maybe there was a push to first initiate the conversation, but then once we get it going, it feels, feels right. Yeah. I feel like in that same sense that 
making friendships and being in the dating world are very similar in terms of your comfort level of someone or like ease of being yourself without feeling like you have to dim some part of you is like knowing you're being fully accepted so that you can be your true authentic self and show up in the ways that you know you can with certain people and you know something's off when it's not coming across the same way with someone new that's not giving that very welcoming vibe. On that note, in terms of vulnerability, what role would you say that plays in developing meaningful friendships during your 20s? How comfortable are you with opening up to new people and how do you feel new people are comfortable with opening up to you as well? I think vulnerability plays a very big role. It's, you have to put yourself out there and it's, awkward when you first go up to friends sometimes and you've never done it or even if you have done it it still can sometimes be weird but and that makes you vulnerable but it also makes you real it makes it genuine and I think people pick up on that people can tell if you're being more fake if you have a speech lined up before or if you just see where things go and if you reveal a couple personal details about yourself that like can lead to a connection you'll find if if you really could connect with them more I feel like people can pick up very well on if you're being genuine or not and you want to put out who you are when you're meeting someone because if you actually want to be friends with that person that's who they're gonna see all the time is really you and I think I think this is something that's also different from college to now because I think in college when you're in for example, again, a sorority, you want to fit in to what that is because those are the small amount of people that you're supposed to be friends with. Whereas now you can find infinite number of friends if you wanted to try to do that. And so you got to put out who you are and be vulnerable, but those are the connections that you want. And you won't find that with everyone, but you got to do that in order to find the people that you're going to want to be friends with. I think the concept of just be yourself is so obvious, but it's something we constantly forget to do. Like we're trying to fit the mold that we think the other person is thinking they need as a friend rather than accepting who we are and showing up in that way. And if the other person doesn't like that version of you, then good riddance. You don't need that kind of friend in your life anyways. I want to move on to another question and really just ask you, what was something that you struggled with when it came to developing new friendships and relationships after graduating and moving to this post-college world? I think it's hard to start over somewhere completely new. I had never been to this city when I accepted my job here and I was living in Florida for four years before. And I was 18 when I moved to Florida, so I was 22 in this new city, and I was kind of a different person and also didn't know anyone. And so I tried to build connections with people, but I knew, like, nothing about them. They knew nothing about me, and it just, again, takes time to learn all the little details. You know, I could tell them surface things like, oh, this is my career now. This is where I went to school. And that did help me build some connections with people that also went to the University of Florida or were in healthcare. But 
it takes a lot of time hanging out with someone to get into more personal background stuff, dating history, friendship dynamics, your values, your goals for the next couple years, those kind of things just come from time. I think you could set it as a priority earlier on if you wanted to, like if you knew you want friends with better financial goals than maybe your past friends. I think you could try to aim for that more, but I didn't know what I was looking for. So I think I was very scattered when I was first making friends, but I'm still figuring out sometimes. At what point did you, did it click for you to be like, okay, I need to make plans. I need to take the initiative. I need to be the friend first rather than wait for someone to ask me to be the friend. So when I first moved here, a lot of my friends that I first made were a little bit older than me and they were already an established friend group. And I started meeting a lot of them at once. And then I started meeting side friends. And then I also started my job a couple weeks after moving here. And I met coworkers from that. Basically, I met a lot of people in the span of like two or three months when I first moved here. And it started catching up to me that after like seven months or eight months of being here that I had met a lot of people, but... I didn't feel close to many of them. There were a lot that I would see maybe once a month or maybe once every three months, just getting dinner or cocktails or going to get coffee with or on walks. I wanted deeper relationships. And that was finding a couple people that I reached out to more um, and less in group settings, more one-on-one, and was very intentional on I'm going to have a deeper relationship with with these couple of people. I can't just have 50 friends that I know on a very surface level. Honestly, I wanted, I don't know an exact number, but less friends, but that I saw more often and that I had a deeper connection with. So quality over quantity. You don't want like a hundred surface level friendships. That means nothing at the end of the day. You want five really deep connected people that you can go to or turn to for anything and like for any mental breakdown or for any relationship stress or financial like any someone that knows the ins and out of you but of like you can count on one hand how many people that is in your life what is something that you would do differently to make friends if you were to move to a new city like if you could talk to your past self or even your future self if you want to move cities What would be a piece of advice that you would give her? Kind of similar to what we were just talking about. I think I would give past Courtney or future Courtney the advice to not feel like you need to meet everyone. I know we've been talking entirely about how to make friends with this podcast, but it's also okay sometimes to meet a couple of people and really want to invest in those relationships. But then you... It's a balance. You can't fully close yourself off from any other potential connection you might make along the way. Like now, the friends that I have made every once in a while still be like, hey, I met this other person at the gym and then I'll want to try to get to know them. And I am still currently making friends and some of them have become pretty close friends. And I'm not closing myself off to that because you never know what that relationship will be either. But... um this is kind of going back to the last question. I had one particular breakdown uh, less than a year after I first moved here on my current roommate's couch about how overwhelmed I was 
and I was always constantly busy doing all these social things, but I felt not fulfilled somewhere. And talking to her was my first really deep talk, I think, and and now she's my best friend. But <laughs> I need I need to feel like what's fueling me too and giving me energy, not just spreading myself too thin in a bunch of different directions. It's it's finding a balance and I still am always working on that. Yeah, I think it's really important to note that you want to have your deep friendships, but it doesn't mean those are the only deep friendships you're ever going to have. And so you continue to have yourself be open to the possibility of new people and new friendships coming into your life. And it's not to replace someone that's already in your circle, but your circle can grow. We're just saying you want to narrow it down before you like rather than expand it out like I know a ton of people in this city mm-hmm. I could walk down the rail trail and easily run into five people that I know but it doesn't mean they know anything about me or like personally they know what I do they know who I am but they don't know the emotional side they don't know the drama that's in my life they don't know my history or my childhood my upbringing or the struggles that I've gone through you know, like eventually if they were to binge this podcast they could probably piece together a lot of things but mm-hmm. it's knowing that I know I have my five people that I can come to and have been coming to a lot recently for struggles I've had rather than continuing to expand my circle for those more surface level things of like to just say that I know a lot of people that at the end of the day that doesn't mean a lot that doesn't weigh enough especially like as who we are as humans we need that close-knit friendships and relationships being built on the topic of drama how would you say that you handle conflicts or disagreements within your circle of friends in your 20s like I know I recently came to you about a conflict with a mutual friend and I believe that you are one of the like four people that were readily involved that I informed about the situation that doesn't let friend politics influence who you choose to hang out with. But is there any insight you can give as to how you can remain a neutral ground or navigate these types of situations when there's conflicts with the people that you care about, even though it, like it doesn't involve you, it's just surrounding you? Yes, we did talk about conflicts within friend groups recently. There's a thin line between being there for my friend that's upset and then talking bad behind the back of the other friend that the conflict is with. So in these situations, I try to be there for my upset friend that has come to me and listen because I think the majority of the time they come to me to keep me in the loop or to vent about what they need to talk about for therapeutic benefits, but they're not necessarily looking for advice. And I'll try to ask follow-up questions like, what are you looking for next? Are you looking for a break from this person? Are you looking for some distraction? Like, do we need to get out the wine and the rom-coms? Do you need, or do you actually want advice about what to do and how to make this conflict better? But I try to keep the conversation revolving around how the friend in front of me feels and what they want to do next, rather than feeding into like, whoa, they did that? Or yeah, that's messed up and add negative comments about the other friend that we're talking about because then it becomes me also adding in points and talking bad about this friend behind their back. So I try not to direct it in that direction, but there is a very thin line and conflicts within friend groups are are just messy. 
I will say this is something that I'm actively working on and have not perfected at all. Honestly, I would say that's exactly how you handled my conflict. And I was more so coming to you to keep you in the loop rather than because I also didn't want to be the person to talk shit about someone else knowing that you share a really close relationship with them and Mm -hmm. I think that takes a level of maturity and some foresight to think about of like how do I also want to appear in this like in my friend's eyes like do I want them to be able to feel like they could talk to me about things and I won't go talk about them badly behind their back and I think like that's a very beautiful way to do it of like what does this friend need in this moment rather than feeding into all of their complaints or the drama or frustrations that they are coming to you with and it's like hey, I can give you a hug. I can give you advice on the situation if that's what you're asking for. Or I could ask you what your next steps are. Like, what are you trying? What is your end game for this relationship? And I know for me, like you asked me, do you need time to heal or is it completely done? And like, that's just such a beautiful thing to ask someone rather than being like, oh yeah, like that was so wrong with him. How could he treat you like that? And just like really feeding into it. And then I'd probably end up being more upset just to, because I was full of emotion to even come to you in the first place. So I, I love the way that you're handling that. And I think that is amazing advice to give to these listeners to not fuel the fire and to not even if you're not trying to take sides, to just not take sides. Because once you're egging someone on or, like, just giving them what they want to hear, you're unconsciously, like, taking sides. Like, you are siding with that person, and then you just stumble into this, are you a two-faced friend? Because then if you're taking sides with the other person, and then it just creates this disloyalty and break in trust between your friendships. So we want to make sure that we're staying away from that, especially since you're not the one that's involved in the drama in the first place. They're coming to you for that emotional support and that friend support and to just keep you in the loop of what's going on. If you don't already know. Mm -hmm. All right, final question. Looking back, what has been the most valuable lessons or insights that you've gained from your experiences with making friends in your 20s? Just give us some final wrap-up words. I think I would say the most valuable thing with making friends in your 20s is just that you never know what will come of it. Like we were talking earlier, you may only want a couple of really deep connections, but you could walk down the rail trail and know so many more people in this city. It's incredible to meet so many people and you don't know if maybe their friend or cousin will be a future romantic partner for you or just a fun date or maybe they'll have a startup business that you're going to want to join I know a lot of people in Charlotte are um, very professional the networking all the time and things like that um, so you never know what your connection with someone will lead to um, a, a new experience a fun memory someone else that you meet through them. I think just take all experiences as something that you could either learn from or get something unexpected out of and just have an open mind about it. Yeah, and if you're doing something on a whim, you can always say it's for the plot and just go with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, wow. This was so great. Thank you so much for giving your insight into making friends in your 20s when you're new to a city 
And here you are two years later, you just celebrated your birthday with over 30 people who came to show you some love. And I know like your close-knit people were there and then just people that you've touched along the way that love you and support you and wanted to celebrate with you. You are one of my favorite people that I've met in the city and I'm so grateful for our friendship and for the value that you've provided to my listeners just now. Jess, thanks so much for having me. It was so good to be on this. You are doing so great with your podcast. I'm so excited for you. This has been so awesome. Yeah, well, (laughs) there you have it. A different perspective as to how you can make friends in your 20s. If you like what you heard, go ahead and share it with a friend, leave a review, and hit subscribe or follow or rate whatever you need to do so that you're notified when the next episode drops. And don't forget to register for Love It or Leave It as it's next Monday. If you are listening to this in real time, as in as soon as this episode comes off, comes out, it is next Monday. But this concludes this week's episode of How to 20-something. I hope you apply some of the tactics and thought process from today's episode and start making friends in your own city. And let me know how it goes and if you tried something new. You can always email me at coach.justdiamond at gmail.com. Have a good one, and I'll be in your headphones again next week.